0: Welcome, everyone, to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Tara. Greetings, citizens. And this is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together, we talk about a movie that we've watched. It's really quite that simple. Coming up on this week's show, we have a pretty new film to look at. We have Reminiscence, which is written and directed by Lisa Joy, who is the co-showrunner and creator of the Westworld TV show and previously... A uh, person of interest, you know, works with Jonathan Nolan, who might be her p- husband. I, am, think I ma- so. am I making that up? I think I think that's right. Uh, Unless she's married to the
1: to the prison Nolan.
0: The prison, <laughs> the prison Nolan.
1: Don't they have a like a a third brother that's like super shady and is in prison or something?
0: That's just just to me. <laughs> the, the... I'm pretty
1: sure you told me about him.
0: I don't think I don't think I did. Oh, okay, never mind. (laughs) I feel like every so often Tara does this, is she'll bring up a bit of trivia. I'll act shocked, and then claim that I told her, and I'm like, what are you talking (laughs) about? I've never heard of this in my life. Maybe it was my
1: sister. She's also a Nolan super fan.
0: (laughs) Okay, yes. Um, Yes, because me and Tara's sister, we're very similar. We look a lot alike. Uh, You guys both like Buffy. Well, we both have good taste. We've established that at the very least. So, what was that, look? Don't give me that. We're uh-huh. here today to talk about <laughs> Reminiscence. Uh, we'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get to spoilers. The basic gist of the premise is that we're in a, a relatively near future, um, although at least a few decades have passed. I don't think they've ever actually put a year on it, but climate change has altered the world a little bit. Uh, the coast cities are underwater. Uh, no one has—they're they're not using cars anymore. They're using boats. They've got little docks that they've built across, like outside of the the, the stores and stuff like that. And But the big part of the, the movie's premise, of course, is what leads to the title, Reminiscence, is that they have this technology where you can relive your memories. Uh, so think of it kind of like, you know, al- almost an inception I I wouldn't say quite a Matrix-y, I'd say more Inception-y... Uh, there's definitely some other examples that are really close to us that I'm trying to think of and I can't place them in my head, annoyingly. Um,
1: Blade Runner, Altered States...
0: Oh, it stays a little bit, yeah. Like, basically, you can just sort of live your memory again. Not someone else's. They don't go down that path. They never even suggest if it's possible or explain why it can't be done. Um, But you can relive your own memory. You pay for it to be done. They put you in a tank. You've got a little head oh, thing on. Strange days. Strange days. Yeah, I think strange days is maybe what I was th- thinking of more than anything. Yeah. Uh, Because Strange Days, of course, you could live someone else's memory and that was a big part of that movie's premise. It was kind of like a recording. And you
1: can feel what they felt, which is very much what's
0: happening here. Yeah, but only what you felt. You don't feel what someone else... So It's just your own memories in this case. Uh, And it's kind of like a a noir-esque kind of thing where there's a mystery and Hugh Jackman plays the lead role. He kind of falls for this mysterious woman played by Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, Thandie Newton is around as well. And there's a couple of other faces that pop up that you'll recognise from various things, but it's this mystery where once she disappears, he goes looking for her and tries to figure out who she was, what she told the truth about, what she lied about, who, who you know, what was her life actually like, and that leads to kind of some revelations and you know yada yada yada. Uh, that's the gist of the the premise of the film. So that's reminiscence. So I guess I'll ask the question, Tara. My yes. glamorous co-host.
1: I mean, I guess compared to the other host.
0: <laughs> I was thinking more compared to me, but yeah, sure, yeah, you're definitely more glamorous than Connor or Matt or... I, I... did
1: put on sparkly eyeshadow today. Maybe that's where it's coming from.
0: I mean, Tim's got... I don't a... normally do eyeshadow. Tim's got a bit of mystique sometimes, So See when he's got, like, the, the hair's long enough and he's kind of covering part of his eye and he's kind of, like...
1: Mm, like, like the rock star glamour.
0: Yeah, he's got a bit of a, you know, daddy's waiting for you kind of shtick going on. Just thinking of Hellraiser
1: now. <laughs> Come to daddy. <laughs> what did you think
0: of Reminiscence?
1: <clears throat> I I thought it was fine. Um, it's it's not really my style of film, but I uh, you know I, I don't I don't hate it. It's it looks pretty um the the love story is watchable um some of the plot I actually found a little difficult to follow uh and um I could tell this movie was supposed to be like a lot more mind bendy where they imagine that you would want to re-watch it over and over again to like pick up on all the hints from the twists and turns but I don't really want to watch it again so I- i'm I'm good it- it's fine
0: Hmm. Interesting. I don't want to just say you're wrong, because that's you know it's a dickish thing to do, and it's very It'd be the first time. It's you know it's, it's it's abrasive. It's it's a lot of things. But that being said, you're wrong. Uh, and when I say you're wrong, I mean when you said it was fine. It's not fine. It's it's trash. This is gar- This is a terrible movie. I hated this. <laughs> I ha- this was a painful two hours for me. And the sad part. I is, knew when I was
1: watching it that Peter would hate
0: it. <laughs> the sad part is is that I kind of knew so early, and like as soon as Hugh Jackman starts narrating the narration <laughs> and the dialogue that he says, it, it it's. It's garbage. It, like there's so many cliche moments that there's so so there's yeah. history in this world that there was some more, you know, when the when the waves first started to come into you know take over the land, that there was some wars just related to it. They never really go into details or specifics, we just sort of know there was a long war. And yeah. seems so, to be that, so, for
1: like limited resources.
0: Yeah, presumably, yeah. Uh and that's going on. And a lot of the rich people who sort of bought up a lot of the land that was still on dry land, they're called barons, and there's a line in the movie where he's going to see the family of one of these barons, and his narration says, they say that the people who survived the Titanic were the rich and the rats. The barons are both. And I'm like, I hate this movie. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the only silly, cheesy line he has in that narration, but it's it's one that that stuck out to me uh yeah
1: i remember that line vividly <laughs> as well yeah i mean he's no bogart
0: <laughs> i think th- th- there's maybe certain things that should be left in the past or maybe there's just an art f- art to doing it that i just don't think that modern writers know how to do but like i hated the narration i hated the romance it felt like if they really wanted this to work for me they really need to make me care about their pairing and sort of feel the chemistry and the second she walks in, it was like, no, this is like you know a classic noir kind of setup. Like I don't believe she is who she says she is. I don't mm-hmm. feel that this is real. So all of his caring about her after the fact, when he's desperate to try and find like how why she disappeared and who she was, I just didn't care about any of it. Like I don't give a crap about who she I mean, was or who I she is. I believe that
1: he he fell in love with the femme fatale. I didn't believe that she loved him at all because of what you said. Because I mean, she's a walking trope from is, the beginning. Yeah.
0: I mean, arguably, they're all kind of walking tropes. Uh, to, I mean, <laughs> she's probably the most tropey of them all, but that they, they all, yeah, you know, fall into some sort of void. And the movie tries to, and this is the sad part, is that so Lisa Joy, we mentioned co-showrunner of Westworld, right? Mm-hmm. That show unfortunately did get really bad by the end of season three, and I'm at a point now where I'm not even looking forward to season four, which is a real shame. Because season one of that show was very good, and one of the things that was so impressive about that season was how it played with narrative structure, and not only just the order of which things were shown, but how it kind of was manipulated and fed into the plot, and had like mm-hmm. a sort of feedback loop with the plot, where it, ha- it had meaning, it wasn't just that we were seeing it in a certain order, it was important how we were seeing it from the con- from the perspective of the characters, right? And this movie kind of tries to play with that as well a little bit because it is dealing with memories and sort of in re- watching memories back and it, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that fairly early on in the film was a moment where you realise that we're at the end of a, like a playback of a dream and then he kind of wakes up and it's like okay some time has passed and we've jumped ahead yeah. in the story that happens like at the end of Act Oneish kind of in the movie and that and I just kind of felt like. But I, I wasn't at a point now where I cared about what was happening, and you've jumped ahead with this assumption that I do care about what's happening, mm-hmm. and everything after that point felt stilted. And it's not—I wasn't even really liking the movie before that point because something felt off about it with the narration. It was, it was going for the style that I just don't think it was hitting. I will say, right? Obviously, some concepts of this movie are definitely the sort of thing that I like, that we like, even like you know. I, I think it's fair to say that we we're both into the sort of you know, playing with memories and playback of memories and, like, falling victim to nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. th- those things are definitely th- ideas that we like. I will say that some of the visuals of the cities underwater uh, look kind of cool. When I, mean, I say underwater, I mean they're they're underwater up to a point. Like, they're not, like, the buildings are yeah. still sticking out and they're still using them.
1: No, but- I, I think the design of this, like, semi-apocalyptic world is pretty cool. And there's some, there's some set pieces and I, there's, like, a fight that happens where... You know, you're partially above ground and then in the water, and I like that scene. I thought that it was using the environment well.
0: There were, yeah, there were some, some conceptual things that were kind of kind of cool ideas. Some of them were very underused. Like they, they make a point of saying that because it's so much hotter in the daytime because of climate change that mm-hmm. they actually everyone's like business hours are nighttime now, and most people sleep during the day because it's just too hot to like really want to do anything. Um, so we
1: still see a lot of scenes in the daytime though.
0: We do, no. but that's the thing though, is I think the point of those daytime scenes is meant to be, this is the equivalent of a nighttime scene in a regular movie, it's meant to right. be when things are quiet, and it's meant to right. be when shady things that's happen. That's when people are
1: sleeping together, and yeah.
0: Right, but they don't do enough with it to really... Like, there's a, there's a, there's a, some sequences later on where like a murder's happened during the day, and... The idea is that it's meant to be like, oh, it's during the day. So this is actually when everyone's asleep for the most part. So it's, it's quieter. So this is when a killer would strike kind of thing. But the problem is, is the person that he's killing is doing like chores. And I'm like, this just feels like a normal daytime scene. Like, yeah, not, like <laughs> what, wh- wh- why is this person, and especially the person that this other character's with in the scene, I don't want to spoil things yet. Like, like, th- why, why are both of these characters awake and doing things if this is meant to be normal nighttime? For, for this world. So it just yeah. it, it felt weird. Those and they
1: should be miserably hot. Like, if it's to the point where they can't, like, the whole world has just shifted to being nocturnal, then it should be very uncomfortable for them to be, like, active yeah. during and, the daytime.
0: And Hugh Jackman's still walking around in his coat like a badass the entire time. He, never, he <laughs> yeah. never, It's not like he takes his coat off and he unbuttons his shirt and he's like, okay, I need to try and cool down. Like, that would have sold me the idea a little bit, but they never do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, de- I definitely noticed that. But I mean the the design of like uh all the places that we see that are partially underwater or even when you get to see like the barren area or the the land that the barons own where you see these big dams and levee systems and um these <clears throat> this artificial land that's been created to be above the waterline. Uh like that kind of stuff was neat. But honestly, like the the storyline that was away from the main character, just trying to find a, <laughs> what happened to this woman. I didn't really enjoy following that story. And I don't really like where it goes in the end very much. Wow. It just, uh, some of the character motivations don't really land for me.
0: What story away from that? That was the only story.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, when we start getting into, like, this criminal underworld... Um, oh,
0: okay. I mean, I got what you're like saying. The, but I, I, yeah. I just, I feel like that's all part of the same story, because everything connects to it. So it's just... Like, I, yeah,
1: I suppose her reason for disappearing, I don't enjoy that story. The about.
0: movie's a convoluted mess, right? The, the, the story's trying to be more complicated than it needs to be because it wants to be a mystery. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. But go back to concepts that I like. There is actually one mechanical concept late in the film that I actually really like is an idea. Unfortunately, in the context of this movie, the scene doesn't do anything for me because I don't care about the characters. I don't care about the story. I don't care about anything that's going on. But I like the idea if you put it in something else with characters that I do care about. So I'll I'll get to what that is in spoilers because it's it's deep within that's spoiler like, territory. Sometimes
1: I do that if I'm like not liking something that I'm watching, I'll like say, Okay, but if this was a Star Trek episode, would I like it? So <laughs> is like the concept good or is it just the characters?
0: <laughs> that's how you that's how you figure that out for yourself. As yeah. you say, Honestly, if, like
1: I do <laughs> that a lot.
0: If this was a Star Trek episode, where would I be into this? yeah <laughs> but that's kind How of fla- Card handle this that's flawed logic coming from you though because you're delusional and call every star trek episode a 10.
1: yeah <laughs> uh, i mean you might be onto something maybe that's <laughs> why i'm more positive in these reviews than you are
0: i suspect yeah maybe maybe, maybe we found something here i don't know um yeah unfortunately like other than some concepts which are fun and could lead to some great science fiction I kind of hate everything else. I hate the romance. Mm-hmm. I hate the convoluted mystery. Uh, I hate that they try to tack on all these extra elements where... Okay, yeah, it makes sense that the the, the like the, the police or the DA use them to interrogate people uh, to see their memories, right? It, it makes sense that they do that and they get warrants to do that. But I'm like, yeah. that, could, that could be just a whole movie. You could have him helping an investigation. Yeah, honestly, that
1: was a good scene, I thought, because I'm like, oh, this is a cool concept that is like would definitely be used in the future
0: one of the one of the few things again this is a conceptual thing i guess more than anything but i did like when they set this up is that you know so when he's because it's the way who jackman's job works when they're doing this so so thandie newton's like his assistant who does like all the technical stuff and she's like sort of working work at the computer and what he does is he talks to the person who's asleep with a mic and the idea is that he basically talks to them, them yeah, yeah. He, he, he talks them into certain memories where he says okay, so you were there in this, you know, remember a time when you were at this place and then he sort of adds more details and then that person will trigger the memory and that's when you get to... And they get to see it, right? It plays out. Like, at their base, they've got a big, like, hologram-looking thing. Uh, When they're doing it for the police, it's just a big sort of TV screen, basically. But they get to see the things, right? Um, And they set this thing up when he's doing this, is that if you actually... Give them something that's incorrect. So, so one of the cops like it gets frustrated that he's not getting to the point, and he grabs it and says, "Oh, you did this. You know, show us when you did this." And then the guy like starts to like freak out with a seizure, and like the the, the computers like going all nuts. And they explain that, "Well, no, no, you just told him something that you assumed that never actually happened, and because of that, the memory doesn't exist, and the, it, it sort of causes a brain block, and they start to freak out." I
1: guess it's a good uh, lie detector test then.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a good. I thought that was a good idea because later on it's used that it it was a good setup and payoff because later on it's used when he says something when Hugh Jackman says something about something he cares about and it causes a reaction Mm -hmm. because it was something that he says that he he likes he says a good thing he says something that he's happy about and then the guy that he's sort of investigating reacts this way. In theory, if you cared about the characters, it's a really good moment because it. You, you you realize like he does in this moment before he says it that oh no that's not true there was more to this and then he goes digging deeper right so it's set up and payoff i always talk about this in movies and tv shows where if you, you you almost create a couple of things in any story especially in science fiction where it's like a language right where you teach the audience something so that when mm-hmm. it's brought back up later it means something to the audience without having to say anything right you've already set it up you've already said you know one plus one equals two so later on when they see that number two they know exactly what it means right just to boil it down to a really simple <laughs> scenario so so that's there right so clearly that there is some talent here and i, I don't know if this is because i definitely see some of the weaker elements of westworld sort of sneaking into this in and in a way i think it kind of looks like westworld
1: it's not quite as pretty but it could just be mm the setting um but it, like the the city and stuff it, it looked a lot like westworld season three
0: lisa Joy's definitely directed some really good looking episodes of westworld so i mean i, I can't really fault that I, I do think w- with a lot of these movies or these types of stories though with the the noir detective narration and it's jumping around and then yeah and specifically in this case you're adding in the idea that we jump in at dreams at ra- or not dreams memories at random where mm. it'll just cut to because we, we skip a lot of the relationship with the mysterious woman. You know, we skip ahead at a certain point. Like I kind of mentioned I know that. I don't think it's too spoilery to say that. That's kind of the setup of the movie. Um, but throughout the film, as we, we're continuing, every so often, it'll just jump back to a scene with her. And it's the idea is, is that he's, like, revisiting a memory at various points in the film. But because of that, it just kind of feels that like we pause the plot every once in a while so we can see another scene between them to try and make us care that he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's lost her or that he's missing her or that he's... He's like, oh, I really want Fergie back. I want my Fergie back. You know, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> Me? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, Rebecca Ferguson, Fergie.
1: Oh sure. <laughs> Is that what the tabloids call her?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm calling her. <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mind the... I, I thought they had a little bit of chemistry. I know they've worked together before in The Greatest Showman, which I didn't see because... I mean, quite frankly, it just looked bad. So I didn't see it. Um, but uh, apparently they had chemistry on that set as well. So um, I thought they did all, all right. They, they're both really talented actors. And they, I mean, the setup of the femme fatale thing, like, okay, like she's probably there for other reasons and she's not tell- being so truthful. But, you know, his um, passion for... Finding her like i i did i bought that sometimes it was a bit frustrating even
0: i mean when you say you buy it though did you feel like did you did you feel it like did, did you care I mean,
1: yeah that's the part of the story that i did care about
0: mm, i never i never like the entire relationship just felt like kind of like a uh, bit of a i I didn't feel chemistry i guess that's first and foremost the problem but Mm. like once they started like going to it and once they finally sort of start being intimate like i just never felt it and it it kind of it just all felt set up and i think part of it is that i just don't like a lot of the tropes that this is trying to play with unless they're done really well like i think when it comes to the the femme fatale walks into the the lead detective's life and he's not really a detective but he kind of in essence becomes one in this Mm -hmm. um like I I I almost never really enjoy that in modern movies. Like maybe Is it just
1: is it noir films in general? I mean all the ones that we've reviewed you do not like. You don't like Blade Runner obviously. Even mm-hmm. the sequel you didn't like. Alphaville you didn't like. Maybe it's just a, a genre of film that you don't like.
0: I feel like this classic noirs that I've liked though.
1: I mean most people like The Maltese Falcon. I like that one too. That's I I like Alphaville also. And obviously, I like the Blade Runner sequel.
0: I guess classic noir is just not... Noir stretches, though, a lot. Because there's a lot of films that I love that people would class as noir. Like, if you go to Criterion Channel right now and you look at their neo-noir section, there's films in there that I freaking love. And admittedly, I I wouldn't really call them noir. Like, I wouldn't call Body Double a noir. I'd just call it a thriller. But... You know, but if that's a noir, then technically there's noirs that I love. But... there's a specific type of noir that I, I guess maybe i just don't like that much um mm-hmm. but i do think the movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s do it better ten- and i think it's because it's more pared down and it just feels like it's relying on the the performances a lot more i think modern noirs when they try to do it, it just feel so flashy and like i don't fake to me um
1: yeah like they're trying to channel something i was actually thinking about this earlier when i was watching the film like it does the noir just not work anymore? Is it just too tropey that we can't get past that? And I was thinking, well, you know, westerns used to be really popular and they're not anymore. But when I see, when you see a good modern western, like it's always, it's really impressive. Like like Open Range was such an impressive film to watch, I thought, when that came out. And I saw it multiple times because it I was even... just like,
0: hmm? I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of that.
1: Oh, it came out in like 2000 three four
0: ish oh oh so nearly 20 years ago okay
1: <laughs> yeah but i would still call it a modern western sure or oh, yeah, like, no, um, in context sure even like just... the Westworld show is like a modern western film and when it's done really well it, it can be like oh yeah this is why westerns were popular this is why i love this but there isn't really a lot of examples of great noir that's not just uh inventing something new with it like the neo-noir criterion section like you were talking about. Maybe no just doesn't really work on its own anymore.
0: I mean honestly, like I don't like a lot of American Westerns. Like all the Westerns because I, I I thought I hated Westerns until I watched Sergio Leone films. And I was like, oh no, I do like some Westerns. I just don't like I don't like your John Wayne Westerns. I don't like like the classic American Westerns, but you give me the the spaghetti westerns and all of a sudden I'm 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 into it. Because they're they're a lot more like I don't know. They've got more of an edge to them. The characters are more interesting, and I think you can have good modern westerns. They don't happen too often, but you can have them. I think ultimately what it boils down to is I just need to care about the characters, and I need and it needs to be a story. A western at its core ultimately is an action movie, or maybe a thriller, depending on like the specific way you pivot with it, right? And. Ultimately, all you have to do—the the setting almost isn't that important. The, the important part is that I just care about why the heroes try to fight the villain, and mm-hmm. you can make that work. I think the, maybe the problem with Noir whenever they try to do it now is that there's so many elements to it that they have, they feel they have to play to that. I think just the values are just like cause when I, I watched the uh, the pilot of uh, Perry Mason, right? Mm i hate the hbo show from like last year or two years ago whatever that started yeah i watched it and i don't like that either like i think that worked for me um like even with
1: the naked guy who was like eating pies off a naked woman
0: i'd forgotten that (laughs) until you mentioned it so thanks for that flashback you threw a shoe at him (laughs) I, i really liked the show actually i thought the pilot was pretty good um so so part i mean part of this is taste i don't th- i mean i still don't think this movie's that good i think there's a lot of just objective problems with this movie but i think you combine that with my taste and maybe yeah you have a concoction that's just like eh. but mm-hmm. o- o- honestly i tend to find the mysteries in a lot of modern noirs like this right and again i'm not counting stuff like body double or ethan de palma made i'm not counting I'm trying to think what else was in that. But there was a bunch of things in that that neo-noir section that I loved. But I, yeah, there was a bunch of foreign films too, so I, yeah. I'm just not very good with foreign but films, unfortunately. The, the point I make the is, though, is it. there's clearly a whole subset of films that some people do call noir that I wouldn't, that I love. So I, I, so I have to acknowledge that by some people's standards, I love tons of noir. But mm. when I think of noir, I think of this type of plot. I think of Dark City. I think of, yeah, a bit of Blade Runner. And... They're all movies that I want to like and don't. <laughs> uh, actually, I mean, Dark City. Even if I like noir, I think Dark City is just garbage by the end. Regardless. Well,
1: but, uh, yeah, I mean, Dark City is has other problems, not just the. I think the noir part actually is the part that works for it the most. Is it's the, mm-hmm. uh, it's the editing that's just, it's rough.
0: It's, it's the editing and what the mystery ends and with. And
1: Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> it was
0: tar- terrible. Because the the mystery in Dark City is fine to start with. It's, it's where it. What's what's revealed by the end is just complete nonsense. Because my, my, my problem with a lot of these mysteries, these noir mysteries, is that I find them really boring because they tend to just boil down to the same few ideas. And, I, I mean, everything in this is kind of the same thing. There's a, there's a crime boss, there's two crime bosses. Oh, she worked with one of them or two of them or there's someone double cross someone and I'm like, I just don't give a shit. None of this is that interesting. Give me give me a, some, some sort of connection and something that someone cared about um Mm -hmm. like would you call double indemnity a noir because i love that but i wouldn't say that has a noir plot
1: yeah i mean i think some of the de palma stuff also gets away with being called noir because it has such a a style that maybe modern noir is trying to take from i mean it's hard not to like a de palma film
0: But here's the thing, though. I think the style of the Palma film, like, if I'm thinking body double, I'm thinking, you know, dress to kill, I'm thinking blowout. Mm -hmm. Like, I love the style. The style is what makes those movies work. It's the cinematography. It's the pacing. Um, One of the the things I have a problem with this, and it's not quite as bad as Dark City, but, like, I do think it's, like, the scenes are paced too quickly. I don't think things have time to resonate where I really care about a moment. It feels like it's just going boom, 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 boom. But at the same time, feels like it's not actually offering... It it doesn't feel like it's offering me anything as it's going quickly through things. So you have this weird double effect, and this shouldn't be able to coexist, but it does, where you feel like you're getting an overload of things happening, and yet you feel like you're not actually seeing enough things happen at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that sounds weird, but I I do think that movies like this accomplish that, where it's going through things really quickly, and yet I'm feeling like I'm not actually getting a whole lot. So Mm -hmm. there's like a disconnect. Um... Yeah. So I I guess mm-hmm. I, I just... I haven't quite sussed out what it is or I, is or isn't I don't like about noirs in the sense that when it comes to the tr- noir, the traditional noir and the movies you think of that are noir, I Investigator. would
1: Investigator. Yeah.
0: I would say I probably don't like it unless it's particularly exceptional. But there's tons of films that people would also call noir that I think are amazing. And because... I'll be honest. I think some people will class anything that's black and white as noir, because I'll I'll see noir lists and what? <laughs> no, seriously, I'll see noir lists of like films from the forties, and I'm like, I don't see how half of these are noir. I guess you're just like, are oh, thrillers that are in black and did, white? So Didn't noir they like
1: sort of begin with Maltese Falcon? Yeah, because th- after
0: that it became like a, a a trend. Yeah, but that was like 1941, so it was right at the start of the forties. God, you
1: just pulled that date out, huh? <laughs> well done
0: the worst part about that is that I can't wink so I tried to wink there I don't know how good it looked but I, that's why I did the tongue clicking for you, audience. I did the tongue <laughs> clicking just to make sure that my, my attitude got across correctly
1: <laughs> so like anything from 1941 on that's still in black and white
0: well, I'm, not I'm, I'm, not I, I'm not saying I class it as that. I'm saying I sometimes I'll yeah, see. Yeah, like, I'm just trying
1: to understand this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that sometimes I will see lists of movies from that time period that are labeled as noir, and I'll go, "Yeah, like Maltese Falcon, sure. I, yeah, that's noir. <laughs> like, there's no denying that. But but it's worth mentioning that Maltese Falcon, you know, amongst the thrillers of the '40s that I like, Maltese Falcon is probably lower in the list for me because mm. it is such a traditional noir in terms of its plot. But, yeah, but
1: Bogart's so good in it.
0: But yeah, but like I'm saying though, people would call Double indemnity and a noir. And I, I think that movie is exceptional. I think the, the plot's so smart. I think the characters are super interesting. I just like good writing and good performances and good directing. Like, I'm a simple man. <laughs> but for some reason, everyone else seems to be confused as to what's good. The world's chaotic and mad and I'm the only sane person living in it, but that's okay. I'll survive. Yep. It's everyone else that's wrong. It's the kids who are a touch. Yes, I agree. Sure,
1: I have hope for for Gen Z. You
0: mean Gen Z? Well, we'll see.
1: Gen Z—that's harder to say. Hey. I mean, I'm not opposed to using the Z because I'm Canadian, so we use Z up there.
0: Yeah, you have Great White North. You've conformed.
1: Uh, I like—I probably go fifty-fifty on Z versus Z. My best friend growing up in Canada, her name began with a Z, so I heard it spelt out so much that it's still like programmed in my brain, much like like kids' phone numbers from back mm. then, you know. <laughs> but I hear Jay Z a lot, Gen Z. What what uh
0: what was the what was the name beginning with Z? I'm curious. Zabrina. Zabrina. Oh, it's mm-hmm. exotic. Zabrina. <laughs> I like
1: it. <laughs> her family's from Norway.
0: It's like uh it's
1: like Sabrina but with the Zed.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's almost like the space version of Sabrina. <laughs> she should be living on a space station. It's it's like the sometimes they'll do those like fancy things where they'll like, ah, oh, this is an episode set in the year three thousand. That's that's mm-hmm. when she's Sabrina, not Sabrina. S is a woman replaced by Zeds.
1: Probably just if she was an alien it would be Zabrine. Mm
0: hmm. <laughs> And our cat, Zalem. Uh, Anyway. Mm -hmm. I get it.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Spoilers? Let's get into it so we can be done talking about
0: this movie. (laughs) See, you're trying to be more positive, but you clearly don't like it that much.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, there are are things I do like about it. Like, I don't think it's terrible, like you do, but um, I definitely, like, don't like it enough to
0: recommend i, mean, <laughs> I, I don't i me make this clear i don't think it's like complete garbage in the sense that like clearly there's some some production value some cgs a little of at times but there's clearly some production value there's good cast members and there's some good concepts but so, so it's not like you know last last episode we did a true utter stinker right we did a true bottom of the barrel for hollywood standard stinker this is obviously above that this feels more well-intentioned. It's just not that good. <laughs> right? But in terms of a, a watching experience, I did find this tedious. Like, I was bored to tears and I couldn't wait for it to end. Um, And, you know, the, 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 like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, there's a point, like, about halfway through where I was looking at Twitter a lot <laughs> whilst I was watching this because, <laughs> you know, there's always so much attention I can pay to something I just don't care about. And mm-hmm. the the movie just couldn't, you know. There was there was a point where it was just there was, I knew it wasn't going to win me over. Like this is it, we're done. Um, now I'm just seeing it to the end so that I can critique it properly and, you know, talk about the endings and whatnot. So here we well,
1: are. How does it begin?
0: Spoilers. It starts off with a nice shot, actually. Uh, looking over. I, I wasn't sure what city it was at first. It, it says Miami. I think later, but uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we see like the, it's the all the streets are all water uh, up to a certain point, and then there is like a dam. So then you get to like a sort of
1: yeah, it looks like uh, Venice, Italy, but in yeah. America.
0: <laughs> but then you get to like a dam, and then the streets beyond that are actually they're still wet. Like they're still like a sort of it's more like just a puddle, consistently.
1: Yeah, nobody wears socks in this future for
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there is still, still street level, and they're still looking in at the buildings. Um, and we meet Hugh Jackman, who starts narrating. And right away, this narration felt a bit off to me. It felt like they're going for that classic noir thing, which I don't think... Maybe there's just an art form to writing good, like, noir narration that I don't think many people are good at. Because I feel like most of the times when I hear it, it sounds bad. And I think here it sounded pretty bad and cheesy most of the time. And and some of the stuff that he was telling us was just like... We're just making sure this is very obvious what's happening because we're worried you won't understand the, like honestly, what's going there's
1: on. so much exposition in this film. Like it was getting up, it was trying to get up to Inception levels of exposition. Like there's so, so much.
0: Now, I'm not going to take that as a slight because I think you would agree that well, there might be more exposition in Inception. Although I'm not sure, I do agree. <laughs> you would at least agree that it is delivered in a more satisfying manner.
1: It's like the worst part of Inception, but
0: sure. But it's better than the the narration of reminiscence.
1: I guess I would rather hear it from Joe Lev.
0: <laughs> well, he's a very charming man. Like I I could listen to Joseph love levitt explain things to us. Yeah. But the thing that Incep so actually if you want to compare them slightly, I would say that what Inception does is that it starts you off. And look at the dream, right? And then it sort of, like, pulls you out of it. You get something from context. And then it spends a while, as we're introduced to, a new character who's new to the whole thing is being explained to, right? Which is a a normal technique. You know, you have someone new who needs needs to hear all this explanation. And that's how you do the exposition, right? But with Inception, at least, you're sort of thrown into this world. And then it starts to unravel it. And then explains it as you go. And you learn more rules. And to be fair, a couple of the rules they bring up in this are interesting enough. And they should have rules. All these sort of ideas should have rules. But it's just constantly, it's like, there's exposition, but then it'll swift to, like, a cheesy line where it'll use a metaphor or it'll talk about the water's trying to break into the city, but one day we'll all be underwater. And I'm like, shut up!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose. I mean, um, I was sort of thinking since, like, you have this isolation chamber where you're floating in water, that like the twist would be that he was always in water that's why like there's so much water around him like in the world and stuff but i'm sort of like half right Uh, (laughs) i guess well there's always like even when they're not outside in the water there's always like water spilling over tables and stuff like that that are shot Hold,
0: hold, hold on just before we go to the next thing i'm going to say did I say spoiler warning yet? Did I actually make it clear we were in spoilers? I feel like yeah. we've—I feel like we've both mentally moved into that space. I don't know if I no, actually you said, said it. spoilers. Oh, did it. Okay. All right, I just wanted to check. Yeah. All right. So, well, it's not so much a twist because I, I see because you're, you, you're getting that like a big twist where he's been remembering things the whole time. And in a I sense- I mean, that's why the
1: narration is supposed to be there too because he's like talking to Tandy Newton.
0: Huh? What do you mean talking to Tandy Newton? He's talking to himself. Uh, so let me explain this properly, right? So. Basically, at the end of the movie, he's basically deciding that he wants to just live out all these memories over and over. So the idea is that the narration that we've been hearing throughout the film is him... He's recorded a tape of himself doing what he does for other people, where he's remembering just to basically trigger all the memories so he can remember all these times he spent with this woman. And that's kind of the... But it's not like a twist in the sense that it's like, oh shit, this is what's been happening the whole time. It kind of presents it in a weird, just kind of like... Like mundane way, where it's like, oh, technically that's kind of been why we've been hearing narration, but we've also been seeing it play out as well. It's not like, oh, it's been pulled, the rug's been pulled out from under us because all of a mm-hmm. sudden, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, that kind of justifies the narration. at
1: well, the doesn't end. He, doesn't he also have to talk to Tandy Newton's character about like, like he's he's doing his confessional to her, and he starts at the beginning, which was when he meets the girl. So I, that's sort of where I thought the narration was coming from was because actually like this is the memory of him like telling her everything that he's reliving.
0: Uh well no, because when he tells Sandy Newton everything, yeah, uh, that was for the police. That was his confession. Mm-hmm. Um I-, I took it as the the what he was listening to was something he recorded for himself. It was different. That was specifically there to trigger all the different things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right.
0: And hence why some of it's so romantic <laughs> versus the, the facts that he probably just told <laughs> Tandy Newton Tan anyway
1: back to the beginning of the movie
0: <laughs> yeah um, so yeah I, I just don't give a shit about the plot of this movie so <laughs> <laughs> so it sets out some things it sets up a couple of his regulars who come in and like, visit some old memories there's a guy who lost his legs in the war who wants to remember uh playing with his dog so I mean okay that makes sense Immediately, I had some questions. I'm like, okay, they're clearly watching these memories play out as they're doing this for them, and I'm like, well, if it's a sexy memory, like they're going to see everything. Uh, And sure enough, they do because then uh, Clementine from Westworld pops Mm -hmm. in and wants to remember having sex with some guy, and uh, it's like, okay, I guess to see everything. Which actually it led to me one of my I. So, <laughs> so after we establish that, up. and this is important for the plot later, that that Clementine's here to remember having sex with some dude, right? That is an important setup for later. Um, so Rebecca Ferguson shows up as May, and she's like. I've lost my keys. I need to remember where I lost my keys. Which, first of all, made me laugh. Like, I'm like, really? You're going to go and use a service list? Like, how much does this cost? How much does this cost that you're willing to pay for this to find your keys? Get some new keys. Scramble
1: my brain and memories and try to find where I left my keys.
0: (laughs) This is just like, like, everything they've presented so far is like remembering emotional moments that are important to you that you have to experience again. It's like, i I. I know this is fake. I know she's not actually lost her keys, and this is all like a ruse because she just needs a reason to be there. But I'm like, do people really do it? Like, does it? Do people show? Me? You know what? I've forgotten where I put that pair of socks I really like. Can you uh, hop in and <laughs> find where I left my socks?
1: I mean, imagine for like emotion, like sentimental, um, <gasps> knickknacks, or <Sure>. stuff. <laughs> Maybe you'd want to try to find that. But I mean, obviously, keys are important.
0: They're, they're important but, in a practical sense, but you would just get in your keys. like.
1: <laughs> I mean, even Tandy Newton says, like, so call a locksmith. Yeah. <laughs> do you really well, want to undergo some minder surgery here? I mean, <laughs> that, that... Very invasive. In that
0: is how we deal with it now. <laughs> we call, you know, I mean, most people usually have someone they've given a spare key to just in case like something yeah. goes wrong. But yeah, calling a locksmith is, is what you do <laughs> in, in this situation. But like, it's one of those things where normally i love like the filmmaking being creative and pretty and at times it is kind of pretty although it's, it's trying a little hard and i think there's no moment in this movie that's exemplifies that is when rebecca ferguson first walks in and there's the beam of light coming through the window and she's like, kind of got the halo light around her and it's in silhouette almost and she's well, angelic so nice. but i was like oh my god this is just too much you're just you're trying too hard to make me this is not what's going to make me care about this this pairing. What's going to make me care about this pairing is actually her character having something for his character that maybe he's lost or like maybe he finds something in her that he's not felt in a long time or something like, you know, give, give me a character reason. But no, it, it just presents as, oh my God, she's an angel. She's beautiful. Oh my, my Wolverine I mean, claws I mean, she's have once that. again. She's
1: is, she is Rebecca Ferguson or Fergie, as you like to call her. So you were checked out by like minute five in this film then?
0: Pretty much. I. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: I'm just deciding, I'm trying to decide in my head mentally if my joke there about Wolverine's claws popping, uh, being a, a stand-in for an erection, is good enough to mute you when you talked over it <laughs> when I edit this. I've decided the in my head The right answer is no. Now how dare you that was a funny joke (laughs) look i already had to edit the imdb review section the last one so much because you were ruining it okay (laughs) a section wait (laughs) i add that the audience have been very positive about (laughs) Mm. they love me being salty with the imdb reviews Mm. sorry (laughs) and i had to chop it all up because tara was getting all snooty about it and ruining my (laughs) jokes
1: well, when it's just two of us, I like I forget that there's an audience. I'm like, all right, come on, <laughs> let's move this along.
0: Exactly. When you when you take that tone and you say that, that's the that's the the phrase that kills all the buzz and what otherwise might be a very enjoyable, light hearted moment. Yeah, okay. See? Do you feel the buzz draining from the, the, the podcast, everyone? Do you feel it? Just from your ego. <laughs> Do you feel it? Do you feel it? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what was I saying? Something about, oh yeah, Wolverine claws popping for erection. Oh yeah, so Ferguson just walked in. And she's like, I lost my keys. <laughs> That's just not so stupid. I lost my keys. <laughs> so the marriage is saying, I've lost my keys. And they're about to close and Jackman's like, no, 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 no. no, Tandy, prepare the tank. A beautiful woman wishes to have our services. She will get mm-hmm. them. And... Standing Newton's just like ah, oh, for f's sake! It like goes and like although she's not speaking with her English accent, she's got an American accent in this, which was distracting. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, because like, I'm used to her with the the English accent. But anyway, uh, so they set up. She does up. a
1: good job. Uh,
0: yeah, it's not a bad accent. I'm just I'm so used to her, like sort of proper, like you know English accent. The the it just it was odd. But so so they set her up and he's explaining to her like, all right, so we're gonna put you in this tank. You put this head thing on and i uh, we've got like sort of swimwear that you can wear, while and she just sort of, does, and she just like, sh- and you know she's gonna do it. She just strip. She's got like a fancy like red dress on, and she just make- lets it drop to the ground. And Jackman turns around, and she's like, "Well, you're going to see everything anyway, aren't you?" And I'm like, "I hate this. I hate this forced, like trying to build sexual tension. Like, oh, she's just gonna like strip in front of him because it's sexy." And and like, I, I, I know people could say yeah but she's technically tries to do some he's a mark you know as that's, that's the, the phrase they use later on like this is all kind of intentional on her part i get that i still didn't make it interesting to watch or feel anything other than just forced and mm. maybe you could say in a meta sense oh well it is forced and he's the chump for falling for it i'm like well yeah but if you're a real person and you know beautiful woman walks in and takes her dress off like yeah, you probably are going to fall for her, but that doesn't mean that I, like, I care about it as a connection. No? Yep. No thoughts? Uh...
1: I mean, not really. I mean, it was basically at this point where I'm just like, okay, well, I mean, no woman would do this unless they're trying to seduce him, so... <laughs> I mean, not she's already had all the tropes anyway, but this is the moment where I was just like, okay, well, that's ridiculous, so... uh. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly she's not who she said she is.
0: hmm Uh it's actually very lucky in that that uh like when he was going for the memories to find her keys that he didn't accidentally go down to any of the ones that would have revealed who she was.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of uh like careful um plot. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: <laughs> don't do, do get me wrong, fun. like obviously the the bad guy who was kind of forcing him to do all this stuff that we find out about there. Obviously, in the key scenes that are there for him to discover about the keys being dropped, he's he's, he's conveniently hiding because he knows that he'll be seen if he isn't. But like, there's a it would be very easy for him to stumble into perhaps like when she like made this deal with this guy or or whatever. You know, a, a lot <laughs> of the things we get from him later, like he could have accidentally found those this first time right. in the movie while with he's Albi searching kaput.
1: for yeah
0: like all all it would take for him is to phrase something slightly differently like uh you know like what if he said like you know let's talk about why you're here like not in a way that he was looking for something malicious just that that's how he may have phrased it and like that may have just revealed oh why she's here to, to trick yeah.
1: him yeah that's a good point
0: like oh okay well that there's that movie plot in the gutter
1: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of conveniences
0: <laughs> a lot of conveniences yes uh so yeah from there he's you know she she has a fancy dress on because she was singing at a club and you know he falls for her and even the song that she's singing is picked because she's done her research and they, they know that she he likes this song because his grandfather used to sing it to him or something like that and from there like they help find where her keys are and she she heads off but he's like thinking about her and luckily for him and it's not really luck. She did this intentionally. She left her earrings behind, so he has to like track her down so he can give her her earrings. And they head it off. Like he walks her home, or boat rides her home. <laughs> I guess sails her home. That's the correct <laughs> boat
1: ride. <her> <laughs> <laughs> the boat ride comes after they get to her place.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> Motorboating I guess I guess it's a motorboat yeah I guess that's what that sounds like but just... i just don't know uh, boat rides anyway uh, so they get to her place she yeah kind of lures him in that he's like gawking they at they spend her. the day together they spend the day together um and it's that it's when they're sort of chatting on like on the balcony afterwards uh where it kind of starts to like act funny and then you're like oh wait this is a memory and he wakes up and he's like and and Thandi Newton's like oh, it's been months uh Wolverine why 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 are you why are you why why are you watching these memories you're an addict and He's like why would she leave without telling me something's wrong she left without telling me damn it and I'm like oh i guess we skipped ahead and i guess i'm supposed to care that she disappeared and care that he wants to find her, um, and that—that's not, you know, like. And let's keep in mind the only reason why he even gets a lead to go and find her is because one of the cases that he's given to look into from the DA, which is to like, sort of look into the memories of this guy who's actually kind of dying. Like you know, he's someone who's going to die soon mm-hmm. because he was attacked or in a gunfight or something, and he's—he's he's basically in a coma, and he's called in to do this and it just so happens that the guy they're having him look into the memories of and the the sort of the the main sort of mob boss uh was it saint joe i think was the mob boss guy's name Mm -hmm. it just so happens that he's interacted with her in the past he's interacted with me in the past so he sees me in the memory and he immediately becomes obsessed and like starts looking down all the paths of the memories that could lead to more of her and the da is like we don't care about this junkie why do you keep talking about this woman yeah. we're here for St. Joe and all the time <laughs> Newton's just over at the side just been like
1: <sighs> it had to be her
0: welcome to my life <laughs> here she is here she is And these memories um,
1: um I didn't hate the scene actually I, I I kind of enjoyed it I mean it was a bit frustrating that he also was just ignoring the reason why he was there and just mm-hmm. trying to find everything about this girl and And the cops are just like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) But, but I was, you know, I was into, okay, well, let's see what happened to her. Like uh, the mystery and whatnot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't really like that she popped up in the stream because it just kind of felt eye-rolly to me. And I I guess that's my problem with these types of noirs is that I just kind of feel myself rolling my eyes at any time there's a convoluted like connection. But what I did like about this scene is what I mentioned earlier is that this scene sets up some of the rules for like when someone's under and you're talking to them Uh, because this is where the cop sort of grabs the mic and says something that makes him almost die (laughs) because he he's like oh you 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 made a deal with this guy and blah 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 and and Hugh Jackman's like no like what you you just made an assumption and it turns out you're wrong because there's no memory to to back this up I'm like okay that's a good rule and that is something that comes up later and it's it's paid off in a nice way so I, I like those elements of the scene because it sets up some interesting concepts but I mean yeah. Like all all the DA and cop stuff feels like obviously it is important because it sets up where he's going to go looking for her now. This is how he gets like a, a thread to pull. But like if you, otherwise it feels so tacked on. That's a whole extra element to the movie. It, it just feels like it adds so much like convoluted stuff to the runtime. Mm-hmm. Um the the movies really should have been simplified to to you know, if you if you're going to go just with the emotional side and you just want it to be about someone looking for a woman who they care about. And, like, why did they leave? Why did they run and sort of discover some bad stuff at first, but then ultimately a good thing that shows they have a heart by the end? Which, you know, of course that was going to happen. Uh, It's like, well, you know, just make it simpler than this. You're, you're shooting too, too far, basically.
1: Yeah, I guess some of the, the plot I actually don't um quite have figured out yet. So maybe as you get into it, I'll be able to piece things together. <laughs> but some of this part of the plot is was a bit convoluted i thought
0: it absolutely is uh basically from here i don't know if it, like, it, a lot of it kind of goes really quickly so i don't know if i'm getting i may be skipping a small part here but he basically decides that he's going to go and look for in new orleans in new orleans he you know he, he's going to go look for the saint joe because that's where he is Because, oh, I can go and maybe ask some questions about May. Was she here? Has she come back to him recently? Because this memory he saw her in was like five years old. This was like before she ever met him. And he goes to New Orleans. And I, I, like, this is one of these sequences in the movie that I just hated. Like, everything about this was just nonsense to me. Uh, It was him going in to try and talk to this mob boss. He's like, oh, you're lying to me about who you are. And I've not seen that bitch in five years or whatever it's been. And he, mm-hmm. he's going to st- stuff his head in a tank of eels, or I think I think that's what it was. Uh, yeah, I think there he is. And as this is about to happen, would you believe it? Maeve, <laughs> the badass from Westworld, shows up with a gun and we get a shootout. I hated this shootout. This, this was yeah, just like Yeah, I thought that was
1: like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's convenient. She was following him the whole time.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not like they're still in the same city, so it was easy for her to follow. No, she followed them all the way to a different city without him knowing.
1: In her own little boat that, <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't notice.
0: She's very stealthy as Maeve. That, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, the fact that the, the the main love interest was called Mae and her and Thandy Newton's character on Westworld is called Maeve was really yeah, annoying Yeah, I noticed me. that too. <laughs> it, it kept making me think of her instead of uh, Rebecca Ferguson, which was annoying. But hey, whatever. What, what, what was it then? andy Newton's character in this area. Anyway. I could call. Oh, Watts. Yes, that sounds familiar. Watts. Uh, shot for Watts. Watson. Yeah. let uh, will just go because I feel like the, the, they do a lot to bring up this war that happened and the fact that both Jackman and Newton fought in this war. Um, and it comes up multiple times where it explains why she's good with a gun. Uh, although it's a joke that she's not actually that great with, at aiming it, but she's you know she's tough whatever and it shows that he tries to avoid using guns and there's a couple of moments where someone like lets him go because he's a vet he's like hey i you know i fought in that war too so i'm not going to kill you like my boss wants to i'm going to let you go okay but i I don't know if it ever played into the themes in a way that i was expecting it to like i I don't know if it ever really quite felt like oh this is an important part of this world and these characters and that's why it keeps getting brought up
1: Mm. no it's it's just little things little details of like there was a war that happened. We don't really know much about it other than like a lot of people were involved and the world is pretty much like at peace with where they are now. (laughs) But, um, I don't really know. I think they mentioned something about like, we're past the war. Now everyone's accepted what the finite resources that they have in their area. Maybe it's just too difficult to fight a war now because of all the water.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I never felt like it came back into it in a way because obviously, part of the 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 theme is the danger and nostalgia, right? And all these characters mm-hmm. come in to look at, and I the, like I wasn't even sure what it was getting at because so so part of like how Hugh Jackman falls for Rebecca Ferguson is that they've done research, right? and discovered that, you know, he, he liked this song because his father or his grandfather sang it to him and he, he used to hum it during the war. Um, like, and I thought it was interesting that they were effectively weaponizing his own nostalgia against him, even though he's the one character, seemingly, who doesn't, like, partake in, like, you know, being drunk on his nostalgia like everyone else does. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I felt like, is there something they're trying to say here with this? Is there a th- a message or a theme? And I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's to say that we're all we're all potentially victims of it. We all have it—the ability to fall victim to it. But it felt kind of odd that. I mean, maybe the idea is is that he he couldn't recognize because it wasn't like in the, the system that he gives nostalgia to other people to. He couldn't recognize he's, recognize that his own nostalgia was been weaponized against him. But and the point is is that we can all fall victim to it. Maybe that's the message. But it felt kind of weird for the one character who was not falling victim to it to then have it used against him. In a, in a weird way. I, I don't know. It was a blurry message, I thought.
1: Sure. I don't know if I can help you very much with it. <laughs> trying to think like, so is it connected to PTSD or <laughs> from the war? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man.
0: Thank you, Tara. You've been such a help. <laughs> <laughs> Let's help this episode. <laughs> no, because I like, and I thought there'd be more like because we've had this big war, because the world's changed so dramatically, right? Because all these cities are underwater, and it's changed the way of life, and it's changed like what's valuable, what's not, all the rest of it. Um, I thought the idea of nostalgia for the time before everything changed was going to play into the movie, and it never did. Mm-hmm. Like they never, they never reminisced about the time before the the you know the water rose kind of thing
1: yeah i mean i don't really know how far into the future this is maybe a lot of them just don't have those memories but it seems to be well i mean even the guy the war victim who's who didn't have any legs and is going back in into the machine to to have a memory of like playing with a dog in the field there was no water around so and he's still an adult so maybe it did happen kind of suddenly
0: I mean, we know there's still dry land. I mean, presumably the middle of the country is still dry. Like, even, even like, relatively close by, Hugh Jackman, when they go to the courthouse and stuff, like, that's all on dry mm-hmm. land. So clearly, it's just the coast. And it's like, you will know, you know, maybe there's like an extreme area right at the coast. And then there's a sort of middle tier area. And then once you get so far in, you're back to just normal dry land again, I presume.
1: Um, yeah I'm not sure I mean I, the mountainous regions probably are still above ground
0: like, like the, the the baron's house that we go to is just a big field and that's still looking normal
1: yeah but that's like artificially made so they because you see the from you see like a you know one of the Cgi effects of this great landscape and you can see like the waters all around it being dammed up and the dry land is built above all of that so it's it's kind of like a big cylinder in the middle of the of the ocean
0: okay fair enough but i i do think there's still some dry land i the, but the age of the character that you're talking about the guy with the legs uh or with no legs uh i should say uh he like he's maybe only like 10 years older than maybe he was in the flashback mm-hmm. you know so it, it doesn't feel like the wars that long ago yeah and a lot of the people who are vets from the war all seem to be... You know, they're all kind of middle-aged, so it doesn't feel like... Yeah, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Yeah, they're all in their 40s and 50s. They're not, like, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. I mean, I'm sure some people did fight who were older who are that age, but like, all, all the characters we see in the movie who say they were in this war are all, at most, 50. Like, they're not super old. So... Yeah. That says the war wasn't that long ago. And the way Jackman describes it at the start is that after the, you know, after the city sank, you know, war broke out almost immediately. So it does suggest that some of these characters were probably at least kids with before the, the the cities at the edge fell. I, I don't know. Uh, they didn't fall, you know what I mean? The water rose, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. it <sighs> uh, given the theme of the movie given that right from the start we're talking about characters who are addicted to their memories like a drug they're addicted to the nostalgia like a drug i was expecting more to deal with the idea of the world from before and the idea that we'd always be looking back and again i never felt like it came into it and that's not necessarily a problem per se because if that's just not what the movie wants to do that's fine but i was kind of waiting for this this idea of like being seduced and like Intoxicated by nostalgia, to be a bigger deal in the movie, and I don't by know if ever... you
1: can't get back.
0: Yeah, but sure. I, I don't know if it ever felt like it really. got... I mean, I know he makes this choice at the end where he does just want to live in these memories forever. Now he doesn't want to do anything else. Whereas Sandy Newton's character is the opposite, where she's made this choice to go 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 forward. We find out throughout the film that she has a, a daughter that she left. Which was funny also making me think of Westworld a little bit. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, she has this daughter. She left and she's a, got a drinking problem. Um, but she kind of leaves the movie about halfway through because Hugh Jackman just tells her to piss off because he's like, no, you're, you're not going to stop me from doing any of this. And then she's gone for a long time until he goes to see her towards the end of the film. And he gives a confession to her. The ID being the police can look at this memory from from, from her. Mm-hmm. And... Then the ending has a time jump where she's an old lady and she's got a granddaughter who she's with. So clearly she patched things up with a daughter. She's clearly back in her daughter's life. And she has the happy ending where she has moved forward. Um, I don't think the movie sells me on the idea of the tragedy of him making this awful choice to just basically go into a coma.
1: Well, he and- had the options, right? Because he, he, he does something terrible to a person using this device. And so he's basically got a prison sentence for life or he can have his own prison which apparently is a thing that's allowed
0: yeah i guess um i but it but that's not uh, but i'm I'm not disputing any of that i'm disputing it never sells me on the tragedy it never sells me Mm -hmm. like it almost feels like a happy ending He's he's just happy to do this and the movie never like it could have given us like this weird thing where it plays it as really happy but we know that this is actually really kind of sad. Yeah, it
1: could have been like some more of like a black mirror ending.
0: Yeah, yeah, it like was more of a not satirical, that's not the right word, but like we can see the the dark irony of like how mm-hmm. happy the character is versus of like how sad it really is what's happening. Like we could right. have had that kind of thing and I don't really think it nailed uh, that feeling at all.
1: Maybe because of Thandie Newton's reaction to him and just like his like accepting his acceptance of this life? Or, like, could she bring some flowers and stuff and she seems happy to see him in his tube?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess the other problem is, is that Hugh Jackman's character never, like, it, it never gives us this idea. I mean, he obviously doesn't seem like a happy guy before he meets Rebecca Ferguson, but it never really gives us this sense that he's he was so unhappy before that the idea of going back to a life without this woman is that bad. You know? Yeah. He's just kind of like a typical disgruntled guy who has nothing to do, <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically it. Like there's there's nothing like, I don't know. There's there's just there's a lot of elements to it, right? I just don't feel the weight of any of it from from his point of view. Um, but yeah, to say right about, right, I have to just I'm just going to quickly explain some of this plot because like, so. And this is convoluted, <laughs> so so let me explain this. We'll, we'll get into the fight scene with the bad guy that he has to track down to get the memories from and his choices there, but let me just explain what the actual explanation for everything is. So, so Clementine, right, from Westworld, she is this woman who would regularly go to the reminiscence place to have this memory of having sex with this guy who... I think it's implied at the start that maybe this guy died or at the very least abandoned her, which was clearly more the case. Clearly this is just someone who abandoned her. Some guy used her and abused her and left. Maybe abuse is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, and the twist of the movie is is that Rebecca Ferguson's whole mission was to steal memories. It was to steal memories uh, to see where the bastard child of this guy, who turned out to be the main big bad baron, who actually was dying early in the film and just sort of died in the time jump off camera, um, but he had a bastard child with Clementine. He was the one in the memory. And this the bad guy, this, like, hitman dude, wanted to find out where this bastard child was. He was hired by the son of the baron, who's inherited the baron's fortune. So he, he basically manipulated and, like, blackmailed May, who he had a history with, briefly, with this other St. Joe character. That's, you know, getting into convoluted territory. But that's what she's doing. She's there to steal the memories of Clementine so that they can find out where her son is, so that he can go and kill her and the son, and erase this, like, bastard branch of the family tree, right? Mm -hmm. Because Under the behest of the son of the Baron, who wants all the money for himself and doesn't want anyone claiming anything later. So that's the the motivation the throughout all this investigation though we get like the the baron's wife is senile and just like pays men to pretend to be her husband and dress that she's basically doing the same thing as the reminiscence but actually acting it out she's got like a set where her husband showed up in a certain hat and this is where she didn't tell him she was pregnant she was clearly already like months pregnant at this point because she has a baby bump but Mm. It's like she, she wants to relive this perfect night where they were dancing in this old clock shop.
1: Yeah, I guess it, I mean, she recognizes Hugh Jackman so she used to go to the Reminiscence a lot yeah. and live this memory and now she's sort of trapped in it, so I guess it's the danger of the nostalgia just or maybe something went wrong and she's like, there's a little bit of brain damage going on.
0: Yeah, they, they, they mention a couple of times that if you visit the same memory too much, you can kind of get messed up by it and become attached to it uh and maybe that's just all that's happened to her maybe it's not a sickness it's just that she's done this to herself uh with the Mm -hmm. with the technology which yeah that's fair Uh, the sad part it doesn't really matter though the movie never really makes it feel like it you know (laughs) like it doesn't feel important i
1: suppose it's supposed to be the cautionary tale of the technology
0: but it feels like such a like everything with her and her weird delusion and her son just feels like a tacked on thing that sort of like ties into the solution ties into the resolution of the mm-hmm. the plot right uh because Hugh Jackman goes back later once he knows what's happened and he threatens him and the kid's a little chump who and I say kid he's like 20 or something but you know what I mean like he's he's young and this time, yeah. he thinks he's a badass but he can't shoot Jackman then he can't even kill himself out of fear uh whatever he's not interesting is this <laughs> is what we're getting at so mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's all going on, right? And the, way, the reason that he finds all this out is because he tracks down this bad guy who used to work for St. Joe. He's the one that manipulated May into doing the job in the first place to fall for, or to get Jackman to fall for, her, so that she could eventually break into the vault. Because we see they've got this big vault of all these like, slates of memories that they've recorded. Um, which I guess, it's never really explicitly stated why they bother even keeping these. I guess it's just... Um, when someone comes back and says I want to like, relive the same memory again they can just put it in the player and go hey, here you go. <laughs> they don't have to find it again. They can just, you know, do that. Um, So, whatever. Um,
1: Yeah, they, they, they talked a little bit about having to keep an inventory for reasons and keeping it in a safe so that it doesn't get into the wrong hands. Some sort of legal
0: thing. Well, they mentioned the legal thing because they're recording it as well with a camera. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what they've got on this, the slate. The slate's more like coming from the memory tech. So I think that's more like a, an actual recording of the, the, the memory from the, the device itself. Mm. So and maybe that also falls into the legal reasons. They have to keep a legal record of everyone they they reminisce with. Maybe. <laughs> I guess. I'm
1: surprised th- there's still a law in this land.
0: Mm. Firefly, I'm trying to record a podcast. I'm sorry, Puddy Cat, you have to go away. <laughs> so But anyway, so so he tracks down this guy, they fight some of the fight's kind of interesting then that they're fighting in this sort of building out in the uh like this just I don't know, a place that's been abandoned. And it's like an opera house, but the opera house itself is underwater, so they're they're fighting in like the, the dry parts that are above. And at one point he end like the bad guy is trapped in a piano, his arms like trapped in the, the top of a piano. And when the piano becomes too much weight for the floorboards that have obviously been wet for <laughs> however long it yeah. sinks in and so we get this like visual of him sinking with a piano and then jackman has to yeah. dive in and it's a, it's an interesting moment it's an interesting use of the the setup that you've given the movie I, I wish there was more of that i wish there was more of using this unique setting it was of- also
1: very pretty it was a pretty shot oh sure to mm-hmm. look at
0: mm-hmm. um but the, the, the they can see here, which again is is something I wish they did more with, is this idea that he can't actually kill the bad guy because he wants to look at his memories. He can't look at a yeah. dead person's memories, so he has to go and save him. Um, so you, you've got this setup where the good guy can't kill the bad guy, but the bad guy doesn't care if he kills the good guy. So that's something I feel like it should have been played with more. I, I will say there's a couple of camera movements and like cinematography moments in this fight that mm-hmm. I do think are. in. There's a moment where he's like he's sort of like try to find him through like all this uh like the clothes lines have been set up and he's like going through the sheets i mean who's putting clothes up out here in this uh, uh, you know abandoned area of the city i don't know but whatever let's not question it too much uh like you know that's like an okay moment there's a moment where he jumps from like a rooftop to like the the fire escape in the other building and it's kind of i thought it had a good oomph when he landed it felt kind of like oh I i felt the pain of like having to like grab your own weight after that jump
1: like, yeah, it was almost like a modern Bond film. This chase, anyway, kind of reminded me of something from, like, the opening of Casino Royale. Except sure. that they're all, there's, like, a bunch of water, so if he misses, you know, at least maybe he'll land in water.
0: That's <laughs> true. If he landed in the water, he wouldn't die. He'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> probably. It'd, it'd probably hurt, I, I imagine, but it, it wouldn't be oh, like Oh, yeah. It would be a devastating landing, I don't think. He's, like, given where the water level is, It you know, it, it would be, like, jumping into, like, water from like a diving board rather than something yeah, like the high up one yeah the high up one but it's still still at a safe diving board height not you know
1: sure yeah Yeah. you're just
0: going to smash into the water and break everything and die <laughs> <laughs> from you know some other tights but anyway so he does successfully get the guy though and looks at his memories and sees all the the, the meetings of him manipulating her getting her to do this job And feeling awful because he's just a mark. He's just someone who was used. But then, once... The the sort of the heart of her character is that once she realizes that this guy is doing this to kill off this family tree, is that when he... We see the memory, because we actually do hear, like, you know, when he tries to speak to Clementine halfway through the film, we find out that she's dead. And it's like, oh shit, how did she die? So when we see the memory of this guy going to kill Clementine... He goes to kill the kid as well. And it's just really, you know, dark thing. Again, this is the scene that annoyed me why, why it's daytime. I, I get why he's attacking in, at, at daytime, which is their nighttime. I don't understand why she's doing laundry and why her kid's playing around. If this is meant to be like nighttime by like their standards. And like stupid hot. And stupid hot. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Uh, it's, it's like... We're going to treat daytime like nighttime except when it's convenient (laughs) for us Mm -hmm. to forget our rules and just have them act like it's normal daytime. Whatever. Uh, I guess there's plenty of waters who cool themselves off. True. (laughs) Isn't that true all the time though? Yeah. (laughs) In the context of this world that we've created. So. Mm -hmm. But the big moment here is that rebecca ferguson shows up and like grabs the kid and says no don't go with him come with me and like grabs the kid goes onto a boat and saves the kid right and it's kind of this heartwarming moment at least it's supposed to be where he's seeing her be a good person like you know he's for the last hour of the film he's been shown yeah. and seen that she is this this manipulative person that she's not to be trusted that she's, she's a junkie a yeah yeah so, this is like, oh, he's actually been reaffirmed for the first time in a long time that she, there, there's something true that he maybe fell for, that there's a good person in there. And it's kind of this moment. And this is the, the one, probably the best moment of the whole movie, is where he gets really cocky about this, in a good way, but he's like, yeah, she escaped you and she got away. Screw you. But then he starts to freak out. And this is what we saw with the guy at the police station earlier, or the DA's office, right? Is it's like, oh no, that's not true. This is not the end of their interaction. She didn't get away. So then he's like, oh, you saw her again. And he kind of like triggers this next memory, which is... And this is the best idea this movie has, is -hmm. that she realizes she's going to die. And she does die. She she effectively commits suicide in this scene so that this bad guy can never find the, the boy, right? So that she can save the kid. So it's a really selfless kind of act. But the best idea this movie has is that when she realises she's going to kill herself because she's, she can't let this guy find the kid, is she... It occurs to her that Hugh Jackman, because of what he does, if, if he's going to be looking for her, he may actually, like, look at this guy's memories. So she chooses to talk to Hugh Jackman through this bad guy in the hope that he will one day see the memory and will hear this. So is it, yep. and I thought this was this was by far the most interesting idea this movie had, and I wished I cared about the characters because it's actually a really cool idea that she would leave a message like this for yeah. him, you know, especially because it's ahead. it's one thing to leave it to like a friend or someone else that would be more obvious, but the idea that she's saying this through the bad guy mm-hmm. is actually a really interesting twist on it.
1: Yeah, and when we first see the or when Hugh Jackman first catches up to the bad guy. He's, like, with a, a a woman who, like, he's asking her to to, to give him the same speech that Re- Rebecca Ferguson is giving him in this memory. And she
0: has and she has similar hair enough that Hugh Jackman, when he walks in and sees her from behind, thinks that it's her.
1: Yeah. But that's yeah. part so, of the point of the scene. So, yeah. like, thinking back on that scene, it's like, oh, well, like, he really did feel the love in that moment because it was real. Like, she was talking to him as though he was the man that she loved. It wasn't until and, she said
0: his name at the end where he's like, wait, who are you t- Nick, what? who are you talking to?
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a good moment. And I did really enjoy that. And uh, it's it's the big turnaround for her character. Like, oh, she wasn't just playing him. Like, it was real. Like, she did feel something at the end, at least yeah. by the end of their relationship. And the the thing that I have an issue with is why would she, like, sacrifice herself for this kid? Like, I I get that it's selfless or whatever, but, like, the whole point is that he's going to inherit land that would go to some other guy who maybe is an asshole and doesn't deserve it. But there's no guarantee that this kid is going to grow up to not be an asshole also. I mean, that's
0: true, but, I mean, you can't really...
1: (laughs) No, she's just... She's going to sacrifice herself so that this kid can inherit a bunch of land.
0: Well, it's true, but we know that she's because she tells a story who jack manella about how she was taken in by this nice woman who lived on like a house in the middle of the ocean <laughs> which mm-hmm. i guess is normal now just because everything's on water so why not um yeah, it's my world uh also before I move on i just want to say i want to give so we mentioned that the bad guy was having this other woman repeat lines that rebecca ferguson said and he he asked a woman who had similar hair similar kind of build the idea that he's making her be like Rebecca Ferguson. I would like to give this the first replica award for forcing <laughs> for forcing a love interest to pretend to be another woman.
1: Oh, okay. We're keeping track of that now. Huh.
0: But we we have the red hat award which is not not anything to do with making America great again. Uh, this it's from a movie we did called Cosmos, which is where this this like red hat had their club name on it was this like really weird and it doesn't have to be a hat like the, the whole idea is that that represents uh an item that's given this emotional significance that's maybe over the top uh yeah, they're and no- all
1: part of this secret club of yes. friendship
0: and now we have uh the making someone pretend to be someone else for their own you know sexual or emotional gratification that's the replica award yeah, that
1: movie has a lot of problems.
0: And Rebel is not a movie that we have reviewed, but I did make some people watch it on stream. Uh it's a rough tracks movie. If you want to Go check it out. <laughs> from the director of Bird it. <laughs> right.
1: There's a lot of bird jokes in that one too.
0: Yeah. Uh so I but I wanted to say that before we moves on, because we're very Yeah, we away should probably talk us.
1: about what happens to him too. Uh
0: yeah, so Hugh Jackman, yeah, basically at the end, he's like, you know what? I could kill you, I could turn you into the police. But instead, he basically says, "Because because he's got like this big scar, like the side of his face is scarred." The bad guy, so Hugh Jackman sort of says, "Okay, take me to the memory. When did you get that scar?" And it's obviously this awful memory of when he was like like attacked by like criminals, right? And he's like, "Well, we're just going to have you live that memory over and over." Mm-hmm. But then he turns everything up, and the guy just like goes brain dead. Like he's still alive at the end because they take him away in a stretcher, but he is like. He basically fries his brain uh, with a horrible yeah. memory. And it's like really vicious. And it's like, okay. I mean he has a I mean if he was going to kill a kid, then he's like an awful person. So he's, you know he's deserving his Yeah, but can does get. he deserve
1: to be like on fire for the rest of his life?
0: <laughs> that's some torture. I mean, that's it's almost like a like a what people talk about when they say burning in the fires of hell. Like he's literally feeling like he's in fire forever. <laughs> right. And it's a
1: literal like memory
0: burn. Yeah, and it it would be. I mean, it won't literally be forever. He will eventually die of natural reasons. Like his body will eventually go away. But mm-hmm. um, so long
1: as he's sentient, he'll have. He'll just be living in this memory of pain. It's pretty awful, actually.
0: It is yeah yeah. He, I don't he, know he, if
1: Hugh Jackman's a good guy.
0: I I don't know how long he'll last until he dies. I mean, I don't know if his life expectancy goes down because he's going to be. Maybe it'll go up because he's effectively just in a coma and people are just feeding him through tubes. Like maybe mm-hmm. maybe he'll live till he's ninety <laughs> like that. I don't know. But um That's cruel. It's pretty cruel. It's pretty cruel. Uh but you know, I think that maybe adds into like I mean I don't mind that he does something that's that vicious to the bad guy because like it, it could potentially be a character an interesting character choice that makes you again add into this tragedy of him making all these dark choices at the end. But like I say, we don't feel the weight of it, I don't think. I think it's all very flippant. Uh, you know, a lot more flippant than the movie, I think, wants it to feel. You know, the movie mm-hmm. wants this to feel like a big moment. It wants us to feel the, the weight of him losing the person and then having to accept that she she died. And he has to watch her death in this memory. Um, And he goes to Thandy Newton and confesses all this because he, he wants people to know. He doesn't necessarily want to get away with this. Um. It, Interesting concepts. The, the the problem is is that I just I don't care about the romance. They never made me care about it. So so when they reveal eventually that she is a good person at heart and there is something there to connect them and she does confess to him through this memory that she did care about him that there is real love there. Um, I wish I cared more. But the problem is is that I never felt the relationship in the first place. She was a walking trope. So it all just feels a bit like. In theory. Like, everything feels, mm-hmm. in theory, this all kind of works, but... It's the Prometheus effect. I never felt... <laughs> <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a terrible, I don't know why, but that's not a terrible comparison. So it's something you said there <laughs> clicked. <laughs> Even though, obviously, they're very different movies and there's nothing similar about them and...
1: In, in co- theory, everything about this should work, but man, it doesn't. Um, Though plenty of people disagree. <laughs>
0: Aye, stupid people. Mm. <laughs> Aye. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like. It was not clear by this point. I really didn't like this. I thought it was. I thought it was super tropey. Uh, I didn't get invest in any of the characters or what they were doing. So when the movie immediately jumps to him really caring about finding her, I'm like. You really need to sell me on them having a bond. Like, I think, if anything, what they should have done is that the tropes of a noir shouldn't have kicked in until after the time jump when she was gone. I think that first part of the movie should have been played more straight where it was just two people falling for each other so that I cared about the the bond. And then you can hit me with, oh, there's more to this that wasn't there. But because they played it with the the, the super tropes right from the get-go, I immediately didn't trust anything. I immediately was on edge. I was immediately just not buying what was going on. Yeah. Um and I think that's a problem.
1: So. Yeah. I agree with that too.
0: So, I mean you're not as negative as I am on it.
1: No, I think um like I don't I don't straight up hate everything that I'm seeing. I think it's more of a it's fine, like it's it's workable. It's um like I see what they're trying to do, the story they're trying to tell. And if people like it, like I wouldn't necessarily blame them for liking it cuz there's a lot of good things in it. It's just um yeah, they just you know I'm sure her next movie will be better.
0: At least the Joy's I think Rebecca Ferguson. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what? Uh, yeah. I mean yeah, maybe. I I like I I hope I hope it is. Like I, I, I thought there was potential in this idea having someone who was connected to Westworld. Mm-hmm. Is good in theory, although that show has gradually gotten worse as it went as went on
1: i didn't finish the third season i just sort of dropped out of it i i will though i'll go back to it i might just watch all three seasons i i don't dislike season two at all like i thought season two was pretty good obviously season one is like really good season two two probably had a couple episodes that i liked more than anything in season one
0: season two is more uneven. season two has some bad episodes but season two still has some great highs season Mm -hmm. three the problem with it was that It's a little uneven, but there's actually a really good couple of episodes in the middle. But then all of the stuff in the back half is bad. Like, the the last three or four episodes is, like, so uninspired and how it tries to tie everything up. It just isn't.
1: Honestly, I think the only episode I was missing was the finale. I just couldn't bring myself to watch it. Like, I just... Every time I went to go watch it, I i thought well i'd rather watch something else
0: like ed harris's <laughs> character by the end of season three like just has lost all of his luster, and he was so interesting mm. in the first couple yeah, they of did, seasons they
1: did a strange thing with him yeah those, uh, like a mental institution or
0: yeah it's a lot of really really weird choices but uh but that's, anyway, not, that's yeah. not that's not about westworld though i just it's harder to think about it though because lisa joyce is so tied to it and because i do recognize some of the
1: well that's also the work we know of her I, yeah, I but, I, but I also interest. recognize
0: some of the the some of the dodgy like scripting and some of the dodgy over the top kind of attitude to the, the the concepts that I've noticed later in Westworld. I was noticing in this, and it, it was even mm-hmm. worse than this because it was just that's all the movie was was that. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't think it's relevant okay. to bring up to a certain point, but it, yeah. I didn't like it. I thought it was a chore to get through. I was just waiting for it to end at a certain point. I just, like... And to, to its credit, is consistent because when I realized five, ten minutes in like what it was and I didn't like it, like, it never wavered from that. <laughs> like, it never did anything else. Like I said, some good ideas, but... Yeah. What are you rating it, Tara? Go on. How is with it?
1: Uh, I'm going to give it a five. I think it's... I don't think it's the worst. Um, It's, it's definitely not for me. I, I think that... Everything about the movie is is honestly like I'm pretty neutral on. I don't love or hate it. Um I have a couple of highs and a couple like low lows, but like they're all pretty much around the middle throughout the whole film. So I'll I'll give it a middle rating.
0: I'm not going that much lower. I'm gonna go with a four out of ten, which is basically me saying it's not like a like it's got actors, it's got production value, it's it's obviously got like a well intentioned kind of
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know idea but it, it, I just think it is extremely dull very quickly. Yeah it's not
1: really saying very much also. Yeah
0: and, and that's the sad part is that it feels like there's so much that they could be saying with all of these ideas and concepts and characters but they somehow mm-hmm. managed to say very little <laughs> and it's just like how? How did you not say anything with this? There's so many things going on here that you could be making that you could be saying the movies about this yeah and inst- instead instead, like
1: the not being able to move on from an ex or something yeah yeah, yeah.
0: could be that, that <laughs> could, could be a theme that could that could be a huge theme and instead it feels like the movie's more concerned with just being a homage to a noir mm-hmm. that it just forgets to actually do anything interesting that's new on its own or say anything on its own and that's kind of a shame so yeah four, four out of ten for for me um but it's, it's one of those 4 out of so that I, I found so dull to watch that there's definitely movies that I've rated worse that I would rather watch again because at least they're funny bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Replica. 1 out of 10. But I'd, I'd rather watch Replica again. <laughs> it's also almost half the length as well, which helps. But Yeah, it, plus you have to watch it with tracks. Like, there's no other option. Yeah. Uh, that This is two hours long and I felt it. I really did feel that. The... I
1: think this is the second week we've brought up Replica. <laughs> Did we bring up? A replica I'm pretty. I'm week? pretty sure you ended uh, Pandorum with also. I'd rather watch Replica.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I actually had something in the in the plot of this to compare it to Replica with though.
1: Yeah, the Replica Award. The Replica For Doppelganger. Award. Yeah.
0: So we have the Hat Award from Cosmos, and we have the uh the Forced Doppelganger Award <laughs> from Replica. I don't know what we're going to call it. It's called the replica award that's not let's not overthink it <laughs> but there you go before i forget this time because I, I think i had to do it after we finished recording last time uh, tara would you like to pose for the thumbnail
1: sure
0: <laughs> enthusiasm i expect i expect nuance in this i expect character i expect there to be like dueling thoughts that people can read on the thumbnails so that they get a story, they get a sense of, like, dramatic intrigue. (laughs) All right, three, two, one. Pause. Was
1: that nuanced enough for you?
0: (laughs) I feel like whenever I ask for anything, she won't do something specific to the movie and she'll give me just this, like, uh, eh, face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you look at some some of them are so creative you know like Tara will do like a like a screen face or like a prop yeah or or you'll, you know there'll be like you do the matrix pose for the matrix or, or something you know, like I don't think I don't know
1: well an inspired movie inspires an inspired pose
0: put that on a poster I, I don't know what you do for this one admittedly like uh, just go to sleep
1: with bunch of tubes connected to my brain
0: yeah i don't know if you got like a head massager or something you could put on and pretend that's the stuff to put on the head just a kitty cat <laughs> i just thought anyone who speaks to me on a regular basis may need to massage their head occasionally
1: <laughs> you know, yeah you're not wrong that's what the <sighs> is for <laughs>
0: Yes, for the audio <laughs> listeners who didn't get to see what Tara just did, there was some rubbing of it's the like temples.
1: A double, it was like a double face palm with, a, with the massage, the uh, scalp massage. Uh,
0: <laughs> someone likes listening to me somewhere. 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 All right, I'll spare you the IMDb section this week since Tara was miserable last time. Although, it's not going give forever. Give the people what they want. No, it's not gone forever. I think when there's a movie that I think there's potential in the IMDb comments or reviews, then I'll I'll bring them up.
1: I mean, this movie just came out. There's not enough time. I don't imagine.
0: Although, I'm curious, though. Is there any tens? Is anyone blown away by this movie? I just want to see how many there are. 59?
1: Wow. What in the shit? Some people really love noir. 59? <laughs> <59. laughs>
0: And there's six to eight ones, okay. At least there's more ones and tens, which there should be.
1: <laughs> it's so extreme. I imagine most people are like where where
0: we rated it. There's seventy give it four, like me. And then there's eighty two, give it five like you. It's a very consistent The average is like six point two though. That's a bit too high for this movie, I think. I think it's a- stretch Yeah. whatever <laughs> anyway you can let us know what you think of Reminiscence if you've seen it in the comments below like subscribe all that stuff get us on the the Twitters at screams midnight for all the male fuzz movie stuff that's the ace screams after midnight and sacred hockey mask uh, all of it belongs on the at screams midnight Twitter now so check us out on there Uh, But, you know, all all that stuff does help out a lot. Liking, subscribing, dinging the bell. All of that does help on YouTube. Rate the podcast five stars with a nice review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Those things all do help us, but you can support us financially. Is that correct, Tara?
1: That's right, Peter. If you enjoy. (laughs) See, see, that was a softball. You have to stop laughing. I said it Because you always start off with, dash, right, Peter. Yeah, what's wrong with that?
0: (laughs) Okay, you can support us financially as well. And I'm also very handsome. God damn it. That's right, Peter.
1: <laughs> if you enjoy the reviews, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. And if you donate as little as $1 per month, you will get access to bonus episodes of The Ace. So you can check out all your favorite sci-fi B-movies with David Carradine or Gary Graham and the starring roles. Or yeah, Yeah, lots to choose from. And if you donate $5 per month, you'll get to vote on what we watch once a month, and you'll get access to these episodes a day early.
0: Yeah, I hope uh, the current vote winner is better than the last one, because Pandorum was a... Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Ben
1: Faster, though. He's pretty talented.
0: Ben Faster? Ben Faster. <laughs> there you go. That's the show. That's the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Um thank you for joining us Uh, next week next next episode uh, which you know t- t- Tara the one, the one decision Tara made right from the start of the show she wants us to tell you what's coming next week Um, luckily I remember so I can tell you mm-hmm. and that is too. yes it is Predator 2 we're going to return to the Yay. Predator franchise because after these last two episodes I need I need a, I need an easy watch I need a fun mm-hmm. watch I need something that I like so we're going to talk about Predator 2
1: it has been a long time for me i watched that movie.
0: Yeah. And hey, next week we got Gary Busey. Like. Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Paxton. Finger licking good, to quote the man himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week on the Atomic Serum Experiment. Thank you for joining us. You've been a terrific audience, I assume. <laughs> Sitting in your car, watching, lying in bed, or or the best place, of course, in the bath, with some candles, listening to the lyrical conversations of myself and one Tara. Mm. Thank you for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer at Salsa.